Hello. 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 Is this uh, Brendan? This is me. Hey, Sean. Hey, how you doing? I just came outside on the deck here. Doing great. I'm glad you. Uh, so this is the first official podcast, and I'm glad you joined us. Oh, my pleasure. Are you? Uh, are you excited? It's the first one. Oh, my palms are sweating. <laughs> Good. Good. <laughs> oh, the first one should always anything should always be a little, you know, woo, like night, but then things get better. Yeah, kind of like your mm-hmm. yoga video. You are an impressive. Yes. Uh, so let's go ahead and start off by promoting your social media and your books, because I know you're busy writing a bunch of books and you've got a bunch of social media accounts. Let's go ahead and get those out there for the people in Holiness. Uh, sure. Yeah. Um, I guess the, the best place to follow my my workouts would be my YouTube channel which is at Sean Vig fitness and uh, I'm on Instagram, Sean Vig fitness and also on Facebook at Sean Vig. And if you want to download my free fitness app, you can go on Sean my website. And you can also browse my books that I have there too. I think I've written 10 so far and I'm working on two new ones right now. Ooh, busy guy. Busy, busy. Yeah, I, I, I'm good at promoting the book. I, I have a new one out, or I'm working on, called Yoga and Pilates for Runners. But I haven't done much writing. I've done more promoting of it. <laughs> so I, the more I promote it, the more it, it, I'm like, okay, now I have to really get serious and research. So that I do that first to, to kind of keep me held accountable. Right. Yeah, that's kind of what I did with the podcast. I was uh, I made Facebook pages and, you know, uh, social media accounts and promoted a lot. But I, all I have was an intro. But luckily, mm-hmm. I got 20 something people to listen to. It. That's 21 more people than I thought I would have listened to it. So great. Mm-hmm. Uh, so uh, I'm actually here joined by my wife, Sarah, and our beautiful son, the one I had sent you a picture of him doing the downward facing dog. Yeah. <laughs> hey, guys. Hey. Hi. Hi, so, Sarah. Hey. So we're both doing, or we have done, uh, your seven-day uh, yoga challenges. We try to repeat those, and then uh, we haven't branched out too much yet with other people, just because we really uh, trust you and we stick with you because you provide uh, not only humor but backgrounds and positions and, and what they do for your body and how to properly do it, you know. And we appreciate that very much. Good, good. Is it the um, the seven-day yoga or the beginning yoga? So we're doing the beginning yoga and then we're going to move on to uh hopefully pilates here soon because i want to build muscle and kind of define my muscle and stuff like mm-hmm. that yeah and uh, pilates are vicious <laughs> it is have you done much pilates uh no actually the first video we sat and did of yours was pilates because we didn't know what they were and we soon learned uh <laughs> they're not really for the beginner especially a person that can't i couldn't even sit on the floor and extend my leg all the way that's how unflexible i was I, I, can you do it now oh yeah absolutely Awesome. And, uh, See, I'm usually have one workout, one session, you know, bam, it's amazing. The improvements. Absolutely. And in three days I could do, I was flexible in ways I hadn't been flexible since I was a little kid. You know? So it's pretty amazing. Yeah. Uh, that's, that's how it is getting back to, uh, I'm sure with your, with your son, you know, you watch how he moves and moves so well and, uh, has such great mobility. That's, we're always, that's my goal is to get us back to those, those days. That's uh, also what I. That's also what I think about when I see him do like uh, like the pigeon. He does a pigeon without even trying, you know. Uh huh. <laughs> he doesn't even. He's never even heard of it, but he naturally does it. It's a beautiful thing. It really is. It really is. It's insane. I'm like, oh my gosh, you're gonna break your knee. <laughs> <laughs> break a knee and pigeon. Oh, that'd be sad. That oh, that be- pigeon pose. Yes. <laughs> 
I get it. It's not so easy with the torn ACL. I uh, tore it a couple of years ago. Never got surgery on it, but uh, it's it goes numb. That's for sure. <laughs> oh, really? In in pigeon pose or in general? In, in pigeon pose, it goes it goes numb. Um, hmm. but it's slowly gotten better, and it doesn't go so numb so quickly anymore. It's well. So. Mm-hmm. Uh, so, what motivated you to be the fitness man you are today? The fitness man I am. Um, That's but what I, you're Funny, I just kind of brought it up. Uh, we were talking about your son, and I wrote about this a couple days ago for an article I was doing. But um, you know, fitness for me is always always going back to childhood and running and playing and you know playing sports and biking and uh, I, I equate uh, fitness with freedom, freedom of movement, and a way to. Uh, Especially for me, I, I live in Colorado, so I love to get out in nature, in the mountains, wherever, and film and, and you know, practice fitness and film fitness and promote fitness. But I, I've always liked it. I, I've always been I've always gravitated towards gyms. I like to work out. And I don't know if you know, but before I was kind of in the fitness industry, I did professional theater for many years for over 10 years and it's very physical i did a lot of music theater a lot of opera i trained as a singer i had to do a lot of dance so a lot of that led me into the bodyweight disciplines that i love to teach and learn about like yoga and pilates and calisthenics and flexibility training and uh, it was definitely uh, my years in theater that really kind of pointed me in the direction to become a personal trainer and then i started taking fitness classes and I really enjoyed that and I thought well I want to teach these so I started doing that and that's when I lived down in Orlando in Florida and I was teaching everywhere including like Walt Disney World and and then started doing videos and 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 once you start doing that videos and putting yourself out there everything opens up and that's kind of where I am today uh the videos enable me to have all these possibilities to do books and apps and online training and collaborations and and everything else that comes with that that's really insane. No, I had no idea you did theater, and that's really crazy. So when you went and uh, you were in Florida and you were uh, teaching people at the Disney, what were you teaching them? Was it just the, the performances that they put on there? Or? No, I started uh, – how did I get to Disney? I had actually – I was uh, – I, I the first fit group fitness I ever taught was spinning, was a spinning class, and that was at Celebration – health it's part of florida hospital i taught a few classes i had a some weird misunderstanding with the personal the woman in charge of personal training and she fired me she, um she fired me from there i really irritated me but um i did get a connection over at team disney and i had just gotten certified as a pilates instructor so i'm like well i'm always pretty like you, know, you get irritated by these things but you move on I'm like well whatever i'll just go somewhere else and i started teaching at team disney that was pilates and that went very well that a lot of the – there were cast members who would come. In any, any cast member. Disney World has like 60,000 cast members, I believe. Um, wow. So they could be you know, salaried people or people that work in the parks or people that are performers, anybody. And I started, then I started teaching at all these different locations around Disney property. I would teach Pilates. Uh, I would teach yoga at some of them. And a lot of times they liked when I would mix them. I, I fuse them together a lot, a yoga Pilates class. And I think I taught like 10 different backstage spots like Imagineering and um, feature animation, cast services. And I did that. I was at Disney. I go like three or four times a week, sometimes twice a day. I do noontime classes also. I would go. I was there about nine years 
uh, teaching there. I mean, I taught a lot of other places too, but with Disney, it was a really nice contract I had. Wow. That is, that is insane. That's a uh, lot. It's, it's networking. You know, if you can, you know, people like you, then they want to take you over here because these are, all you need is a room, you know, and they bring a mat. You don't have to bring weights and all these other things. You need a room. So we'd take conference rooms and then clear, you know, push all the desks to the side. They would fold up and the tables and put them to the side and, and right. do a class and then reset it when we're done. Oh, that's genius. You don't need nothing. It's just right there. It's great. And, and you know, moving the furniture is a warm up. <laughs> and then yeah. and then putting it back is like yes you know and then you could you can kind of demonstrate all the stuff you worked on in class like you know lift with your legs use your core use your breath and we uh disney university also taught there that was another location we'd um you know clear the room and then put it right back exactly the way it was like we were never there oh wow yeah that's a good practice right there it is it is it's a mind body connection isn't it <laughs> So I have to ask, um, I never, I've heard of it, never done it. What is a spin class? Spinning? Well, uh, yeah. spinning is uh, cycling, you know, indoor cycling. Oh, okay. uh, yeah. Okay. Spinning is kind of a weird word, I guess. It sounds cool, but you always picture like plate spinning, but you know, the big, you, have you done them before? Not at all. I, I've never even seen them done. I thought that it was like a, maybe something you do on the ground. I didn't know it was biking. <laughs> well, you could. <laughs> um, but yeah, you know, you like I'm in the front on a little riser and you have like 20 or 30 or 40 bikes around you and you lead them through like a 45 to 55 minute class. Uh, oh. Songs, you know, you kind of program it songs uh, with like flat rides and sprints and hills and climbs and, and, and stuff like that. I taught a few hundred, I taught hundreds of spin classes down in Orlando at Celebration, Celebration Health. I actually, you know, I was fired from there and then I ended up getting hired back because I, I, I played it the right way. I wrote some nice emails and blah, blah, and I got back and I don't even think she's there anymore. The woman who fired me. So, <laughs> wow. Well, at least but, you got back. That's good. You, I don't think you deserve that. So well, I, it happens, but it, it's a great, it's a great facility. I was very happy to be back. So what is the difference between, I don't know if you ever heard of it, it's called BAR, B-A-R-R-E or something like that. Mm -hmm. Is this indoor cycling as well? No, BAR, I believe, I don't know if I've ever taken BAR. I've taken, you know, in theater, I took a lot of ballet classes and you do a lot of work on the BAR. That's what they're referring to, the BAR that it, you know, attaches to the wall, the wooden like cylinder that goes along the mirror and you hold onto it and do all these different kinds of exercises. I know my wife has done some BAR classes and they'll combine bar with Pilates a lot, uh, a lot of uh, mini movements like squats and isolations. And then they get down on the, the floor, I believe, and do Pilates mat work. Oh, OK. Well, I, I was going by. Uh, I live in Sacramento, so I was going downtown and I mm-hmm. was uh, driving by this place. It says uh, bar, bar and cycle or something like that. But I, I saw people on a bike. And I didn't really know. <laughs> Maybe they combine them. I mean, everything nowadays is about, you know, fusion, fusing these disciplines together. Uh, That would be good. You know, do some bar work and then hop on the bike or vice versa. Right. Mm Mm-hmm. That is, uh, that's interesting. Uh, So I have to, I have to know, how do you uh, choose your spots to film YouTube videos at? Because I know sometimes you're out on the deck and sometimes you're out in the park, but Uh man, where is this guy? Where does he live? So beautiful. It's, it's, I tell you, it's, it's my favorite, uh, it's my favorite thing to do. I get like finding new spots. It's a combination of like talking to people, uh, exploring on my own and also Google maps. Google maps is amazing. You can actually pinpoint, you know, certain parks and trails and locations just by looking at satellite images of the area. 
because where I live, it's so concentrated. It's all hills and mountains. And right. I mean, I just found a little trail uh, that's about a mile from my house in my neighborhood. I've walked by that spot probably 200 times or more. I've never knew there was a trail there and it goes back and up. And, um, and then you realize, wait a minute, I didn't realize I was this close to this area over here because everything here is so twisty and it turns so much. But uh, I love, like, actually, the weather's gorgeous here. It's going to be, like, 75. We had snow a couple days ago. We had, like, seven inches. But it's warm now. So I think I'm going to take Addie. And there's a couple spots I was thinking about uh, going out to that I've been to but haven't explored far enough. I'll probably head up further up on the trails. And, you know, if there's a kind of flat spot with a view and the sun's in the right spot, you know, we lay down the mat and it's go time. Oh wow! Do you uh, do you take a compass with you at all? Are you those kind of guys that always know where where do north and north? Uh, no, I don't take a compass. But you know, I don't like wander out in the wilderness. I these are you know usually trails, and some you know sometimes you'll you'll kind of wander off a trail for a while, like exploring, and it might feel like oh, I'm like ten miles from civilization. Then you look over, I'm like, oh, there's a trail right there. You really don't get that far. Uh, <laughs> But, oh, wow. okay. but I, I, I have a pretty good sense. And Addie always, my dog always knows the way back to the car. When we turn that direction, she always speeds up. So, I mean, she would help me if I got lost. Oh, okay. <laughs> is, your, is Addie with you normally during your, during your videos? I mean, I, I don't see many, but then again, I haven't really branched through all your videos. I've been trying to stick to one. I'm trying to do one seven day workout to where it's like easy. Mm -hmm. and when, it, when it's too easy for me, I planned on doing something else, maybe a little harder. Good. But, yeah, I've, I've seen a couple of videos with the dog in them, but I, I mean, is she, when you go out in the wilderness, she always goes with you? Um, a lot of the time, yeah. Once there's certain spots she can't go. Sometimes there's like fields around here, like athletic fields. And those are sometimes those are really nice because they're flat, they're soft. I'm not getting jabbed with rocks and pine cones. So right. if I go on there, then Addie can't come out there. But if I do a video and she's not in it, people will uh, start commenting about it. Like, oh, I like the video, but where's Addie? So I make sure I put even footage of Addie in there somewhere because uh, now people expect it. They want to see her. See, right now when I'm talking, there's about six deer walking by me. They're about 20 feet away just walking by. Oh, I love that. <laughs> I don't I'm sorry, what? I said I don't really take you for 100, but I mean, do you do you hunt? No, no, I don't hunt. You know, my dad, my dad was in the army uh, growing up and stuff, but he never hunted either. I know some of my friends. I grew up mainly in Wisconsin, but a lot of my friends would, oh, they'd get up at like three a.m. That never sounded that appealing to me, but they would, <laughs> they would go out with their dads. But no, actually, the deer around here—they're mule deer. They're very um, friendly because uh, I think you can hunt here as long as the bullet doesn't leave your yard. One of the I think that's one of our HOAs, but I don't think people hunt in their yards here. There's there's areas around here, not in the neighborhoods. But, yeah, the deer are pretty friendly. As long as the bullet doesn't leave your yard, that sounds like kind of an arbitrary thing. <laughs> well, <laughs> I just fired into the earthworks or something, yeah. Right. <laughs> but Addie would go nuts. Addie would never be a hunting dog because we'll be out somewhere, and there's shooting ranges, you know, all around here, and there'll just be some, you know, some repetitive gunshots, and she, she doesn't like that at all. She will, her tail will go to her legs, and she'll just bolt back towards the car, so I know <laughs> she would not be a hunting dog. Oh, that's terrible. If anything, <laughs> <laughs> One time, we were about two miles from the car, too. I'm like, oh, the poor dog, you know, but she got a good workout, good exercise, running back. 
<laughs> so are you um, fully self-sufficient off your books and your YouTube videos and stuff like that? Do you have a big enough following to to survive off that or do you, are you doing? Oh great? yeah. I, I've, you know, been doing this about 11 years and I, I have a lot of revenue streams. I, I have a couple other businesses also that I work on too, but the fitness one, the brand is my favorite. Um, but you know, that's when I, when I talk to people or people talk to me, like they're getting started and they want to, you know, like, how do you make a living out of this? I'm like, well, there's a lot of ways to do it. Um, but it's a lot of hustle. You know, you have to, uh, have a lot of different avenues to raise income because it's kind of like running a restaurant. It can be very inconsistent, you know, do the flows throughout the year. And, uh, you know, even my live classes I teach, sometimes I have 15, 20 people. Sometimes it's three or four. It is, you know, it fluctuates so much. So you kind of, you build up, um, a good foundation, you know, whether videos and books and podcasts and apps and things like that. So you're always getting, you know, a certain amount of income every month. Wow. Okay. And do you do a podcast? Um, no, actually I don't. I'm on a lot of podcasts, but I, I thought about launching my own and, uh, like I like your, the app that you're using for this. I'm like, wow, that's really neat. So we'll, we'll see. I I've thought about it for a while, but I I'm not lacking for things to do. You know, that's the thing. Uh, <laughs> you kind of plan it and then something else like, Oh, I got to go write this book. You, you know, you, you kind of want to focus on one thing at a time. Right. Definitely. I, I, I work a lot. I'm a process service. I'm always on the road. You know, yeah. I got five kids and you know, it's uh, it, it's testing, you know, but I always listen to podcasts and I'm, and I'm always listening to like Joe Rogan's podcast and a lot of other comedians mm -hmm. podcasts, like that to pass time. Cause I get tired of music. Yeah. And uh, mm -hmm. all the time, just make your own podcast. Just talk to people you think are interesting. And I was like, you know what? I'm just going to do it. And, That's so great, Brandon. That's so great. Um, and I mean, now with, you know, the digital age, social media, there's so many people out there you can look up and say, oh, that person's doing something interesting. I want to talk to them about it. Yeah. Um, are you, have you ever heard of Holliness? Heard of what? It's called Holliness. It's spelled H-O-L-O-N-I-S. It's an app. Uh, I don't think so. No. So it's a social media app and there's a lot of, uh, I see a lot of rappers on there, like uh, celebrities and stuff like that. And mm -hmm. uh, it's, I, I got my podcast on there. I made a page. I have like 600 followers now and uh, more than oh. half of that who's on this app has been from that place. And um, coming up soon in a couple of weeks, uh, Richard Hollis, the CEO and founder of the, of the social media site is actually going to give me an interview. Wow. Uh, nice. Right, yeah. One of the cool things I like about it is it has an e-commerce thing built in there. So all mm -hmm. you have to do is pictures and like a description of your product and then the price you go ahead and they buy it, you ship it to them. It's kind of like a whole well, it's, that means an e-commerce thing, you know, but it's uh -huh. kind of like Twitter and, and uh, eBay, I guess, kind of combined. It's really nice yeah. to check it out. It could possibly boost your, uh, your base. Oh, uh, I'll, I'll look that up. Yeah, there's, there's so many possibilities out there, especially with apps. Um, that can, I mean, it is amazing, like just signing into this app. I'm like, wow, that's neat. And I looked around a little bit, and there's all these people doing podcasts. Anybody, anybody can just talk and have guests or just talk and say what's on their mind. Right. And I think that's something we're really lacking nowadays in the technological era because people are always just, you know, texting or, you know, and what it, what it does is it takes away from the conversation in a whole and how we perceive conversation because you can't mm -hmm. glean you know, tone of voice or intent from text. Absolutely. Mm -hmm. Totally innocent and, and mix it up. Yeah, I mean, it's, it's really, uh, spelling for a lot of people, especially in the United States. Um, people can't spell, you know, simple six-letter words because they just type in three letters and then the keyboard takes care of the rest. That's true. 
and they don't do punctuation. <clears throat> that drives me nuts. <clears throat> Sometimes on comments I get no punctuation. It's one big run on sentence for, for about about six sentences just put into one sentence. <laughs> I try my best not to do that, but <laughs> I mean it happens, I know, but and there's no capitalization. It's just and it's a lot of times like I don't I love to answer comments, you know, have dialogues with people, but I'm like I don't know what they're saying and like, do I write, what are you saying? Because then they might get mad. And I'm like, okay, I just don't want to deal with that. <laughs> That's treacherous waters right there. Um. <laughs> mm-hmm. You know, and I'm a real, I don't like any conflict. You know, if right. somebody has a problem with something, you know, you just, okay, well, how can I help you? You know, what can I recommend that uh, maybe there's something else out there, another video out there that might suit you better. Right. Mm-hmm. Uh, the one thing that uh, I can't, I'm slowly getting, I don't even know if my body's capable of this, but I'm trying to get the splits like you, like uh, the pigeon, how you do it so, so far. I, I can't even get that far with the, with the strength. You mean like the back leg or the front leg? Uh, the front leg. I mean, you're laying on your, your belly's on your calf. Like, mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> well, then, that's, yeah. you know, there, there's two secrets to that. Not really secrets. One is I have a natural turnout. I do have natural hip flexibility. I discovered that in theater. And two is that, you know, I, I do it a lot. <laughs> so I do the pigeon a lot. I do those a lot. So that combination there ensures that my, my tummy will keep hitting my shin on pigeon. But, you know, I taught, you know, uh, like an hour and a half ago down in Evergreen, taught a, like a power yoga Pilates class. And, and uh, you know, I think the average age, I don't, average age, and there's a lot of them are around 70, over 70 years old. And bam, I mean, they're hitting all these poses because they, they come to my class all the time and they co- go to other classes. They're always doing it almost every day. So that's, um, so that's, without that special turnout, I can still do your pigeon if I wanted to. I just well, of course. Yeah. Do it every day. Do it for like five minutes on each. I know it bothers your knee. You said, but, um, there's other variations of pigeons too. I mean, heck, there's so many different variations on any of these poses to keep us busy for the rest of our lives. Yeah, no kidding. But <laughs> just when you think you, oh, I got it. I'm like, well, here, lift your right arm now. I'm like, oh, no, I, I love doing that to people. <laughs> okay, you, you, you got this one pretty well. Let's, let's tweak it a little bit. You know, let's bring it, incorporate some more of your body into it. I love doing that. I can't tell you how many times I've just been like, oh, my God, this guy's crazy. And I just had to <laughs> it, You know, it's normal to me. I'm like, yeah, pigeon, I'll read while I'm in pigeon. But I'm not great at math. So, you know, I have certain aptitudes, other things I'm not great at. So, <laughs> that's um, one thing my wife is very adept in is math, but uh, mm-hmm, yeah, so like, is mine. I guess we can't have our cake and eat it too. <laughs> no, that's okay. She she could do the number. Oh, but so you're you're doing the beginner yoga, right, Brendan? That challenge. Yeah. So that's yeah. in Wisconsin, right? Um, I'm not sure. Uh, maybe it's is it, flat. Is it pretty flat? Yeah, it's real flat. Yeah, that was last summer. I, that was that was fun. I enjoyed. I like filming when I go home. Like now to see my mom. Um, go out in the fields there, and you know, it's, oh, it's just it's beautiful, beautiful, You're so green. Okay. The cheesehead. <laughs> I get, I'm not really a cheesehead, but yeah, I love. I mean, I love Wisconsin. I still call Wisconsin home. I I lived there for about 18 years, and then you know traveled with theater, and that that's what brought me to Florida. So I was in Florida for a long time. Okay, I have I have to ask. Uh, what does your diet consist of? Because I, I know you're not a, a person that eats crappy food. You don't look like it. Yeah. Uh, I, what am I? I guess I, there's, I, you know, there's so many labels out there. And there's such fierce debate about, 
you know, diet. I guess I'm more of a pescatarian. I have my, my diet right now is about probably 95% or more plant-based. And, you know, I do have fish sometimes and occasional egg. I really hardly have any dairy. I never really like dairy all that much. Um, and I haven't had meat in over three years. I came to a point, um, my wife, and she, you know, we, we both ate, ate meat like we were down in Florida. And she, she's a really good cook. And she kept making, like, meals that were, you know, no meat, no meat. And they were so good. And she kind of weaned me off. She didn't mean to, but after a while, I wasn't craving it anymore. And I was really gravitating towards the plant-based foods. And I leaned out a little more. And, you know, it was after I turned 40. And I noticed I felt even better. I always felt good, but even better, my strength. I had more strength, even though I was a little, I, I didn't weigh as much. And uh, so, like, right before I did this interview, I had a huge bowl of oatmeal with pistache, no, with uh, macadamia nuts and almonds. That was really good. Oh, <laughs> and, so, nice. and some green tea. So I, I'm, I'm raging right now. Yeah, I'm all hep, hepped up. <laughs> Give me that oatmeal. <laughs> that's, that's great. Uh, so no meat. Um, but you still retain muscle. I mean, you have good muscle. Do you lift any weights? Oh yeah. Oh, see, I, I, I talk about that a lot, but I want to, I think I'm doing more vlogs. I'm going to be doing more videos, um, doing weight training. Cause I do weight training like three or four times a week. Weight training is essential for overall health and bone density and lowering blood pressure and, you know, stamina. So like right after I taught this morning at the gym, I went down and did like a shoulder workout and some dips and some squats, you know, so I'm always, always engaging with the weights also. Oh, that's excellent. I, um, I know quite a, quite a, well, I watched a bit of your videos and uh, I'm asking questions somewhere. I already somewhat know, but uh uh-huh. I engage people that, you know, are listening and stuff like that. So um, I knew that you lifted weights, but I wanted to know like how often and stuff like that. So it does, do something for your bone density lifting weights yeah it, yeah it uh, definitely builds density it's kind of like isometric movements also where you're uh, uh, yoga does that yoga is great for bone density because you're always pressing against an immovable object which is the ground and that over time you know builds density in the bones also i you know i had a client i just remember that i think she was doing my she had uh, osteoporosis she had a lot of problems this is somebody who followed my videos I haven't heard from her in a while. I just, just popped in my head, but she was doing my yoga workouts for like months or years. And I think it totally reversed her osteoporosis. Like she would go get her checkups and, and she was building back that bone density because doing the, you know, the poses and the power yoga flows about every day. So she was just losing bone density from essentially not just not doing anything. I would imagine. Yeah. It depends on what her doctor would have said, but you know, inactivity, uh, your body starts to atrophy and we think of muscle wasting, but also the bones, you know, uh, if you're not walking, jogging, doing weight training, yoga, uh, the bones, you know, soften also. That's one thing I was afraid of. And that's why I started, I'm only 26. And that's why I started, um, somewhat last year is because Uh I don't, I look at older people, especially my, my mother-in-law, and she's going through it right now. She's 62, and I'm just thinking to myself, you know, I don't want to be going through that when I'm 62 years old. Is she osteoporosis, you mean? Oh, no. She has fibro- or sorry, uh, rheumatoid arthritis and a couple other things, but mm-hmm. um, because of her lack of – and a couple other things, too, but one is her lack of uh, activity and the fact mm-hmm. that she does – you know. <laughs> um, yeah, it's diet and activity. It's amazing yeah. what those two things can do. 
her diet's terrible. I tell you what, I went to, I'm trying the keto diet and I cut out all the carbs and sugar. And mm-hmm. in a couple of days, I lost 10 pounds just from cutting uh-huh. out bread and sugar. So, which is crazy. What kind of sugar? What was your main source before? Uh, cane sugar. I would put it uh, in my coffee, in my cereal. I, would, mm. uh, I mean, mm-hmm. um, you know, Kool-Aid, of course. Um, I just cut out like all Kool-Aid, all sugary substances. All Are stuff. you still, I haven't had Kool-Aid since the eighties. I used to drink Kool-Aid all the time. <laughs> it's good. Well, it's yeah. the same, I'm sure. <laughs> <laughs> it's, it's good. It's addictive. It's like Hawaiian punch. Um, that's the thing about sugary drinks. The more you drink, the thirsty you think you are. It tricks you, you know, and to keep drinking. It's like Gatorade does that for me also. I'm like, oh, this is so good. I can't stop drinking it. That's like that perfect fusion that keeps you, oh, keep drinking and keep thinking that you're thirsty. I'll tell you what, that cucumber Gatorade made me reject it real quick. Oh, really? <laughs> they I make that? This. Uh-huh. <laughs> uh, I was going to ask you, oh, supplements. Do you take any supplements at all? Uh, all I, you know, I, I do, I have a vegan protein powder that I put in my smoothies. I guess that's, I don't know if that's a supplement. I, uh, I take a multivitamin. That's about it. Um, now I'm, you know, when people talk to me about diet and nutrition, I'm very basic. I have like a list of foods that I make sure I eat just about every day. And that includes also, you know, green tea. And I have a cup of, I like a cup of coffee a day and, um, a lot of water but I do have a list, a list of foods that I make sure I get just about every day. And that's done me very well. And it keeps it very structured and it, um, very straightforward. So I hear you talk a lot about green tea. Have you heard of matcha? Yeah. Yeah, I have matcha. Do you? Okay. So I, I take, um, I, I don't know why, but when I wake up in the morning, I try to substitute the black coffee with uh, matcha. Mm-hmm. And it actually made me very nauseous and made me throw up during my workout. So I went <laughs> I went ahead and put, uh, I bought this little tiny plastic thing that makes these, uh, helps you make the capsules. And I just, I capsulate them and I take two in the morning and it's equivalent to like a cup. That's a good idea. Yeah, I just did that. I also found this thing called spirulina and it's uh, 65% protein by powder. If it's powdered, it's uh, 65% protein by weight and it has Uh 20 amino acids your body needs. Mm -hmm. Really amazing. I don't know. What do you make? Do you mix that with something? Not at all. I, I, it's so foul and just grotesque that I have to put it in a capsule and plug my nose and take it. Oh, yeah. Some of those things. I've, uh, over the years, years ago, I used to take all these different kind of protein things and some, yeah, they were foul. You'd have to drink it and then like drink like two cups of water and then run around gagging for a while. And that was all in the name of health. Like, oh, I feel, I'm just get so ripped. You know, oh, I forget. Right. I, that was when I was working down in Fort Myers, Florida. I, what did I call it? Like powdered puke or something. It was some, this liquid I got at GNC. Um, I mean, you go to GNC, they'll sell you anything, you know, Oh, here, take this, 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 and this, and you don't even know what it is. Uh, but you know, you're in your twenties, like, I want to get big. I want to lift heavy and get big and I'll take, I'll do whatever it takes. But yeah, matcha, you know, like when you took it, was it, you know, the little scoop and you put it in the little bit of the warm water and stir it. Yeah. Yeah. It's, it is, you just got to do it like a shot. Cause it's, I don't mind it, but it's not something I get used to that taste. Um, but I'll, right. that's what I've been doing a lot before I film, before I work out. I, I partner with a tea company called full leaf tea company out of Oregon. And I love their teas and they send me all these different kinds and I like to take them and promote them. So I've been using, you know, the matcha before about every workout. Have you seen any noticeable improvement or it just tastes good? I mean, <laughs> it- I, you know, I don't, it's, it's tough for me to say, cause I always get excited about working out or filming that I have, you know, I'm, I'm focused, 
But, um, you know, I know it's very, it's ground up green tea. It's very healthy and um, has a lot of antioxidants. So, you know, the mental knowing that makes my mind feel so much better. <laughs> that's 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 what it is for me. When I eat something healthy, my mind's saying this is healthy. You feel good and you feel good. You know, I did hear the placebo effect is one of the most uh, powerful effects of medicine today. So, yep. I mean, if you believe it, I guess it is. Right? Yeah, George Costanza. What do you say on Seinfeld? If it's not a lie, if you believe it to be true, I mean, that's but your mind <laughs> powers everything. It's your mind controls the entire day. It really does from right when you wake up to when you go to bed. Absolutely. Absolutely. I was listening to this. Um, it was a neuroscientist on this podcast. He said that if you were to get seven hours of sleep, uh, that's the minimum to get. Mm-hmm. If, you were to get, if you were to get an hour less, your lactic acid in like six or six hours or less, your lactic acid builds up in your, in your muscles uh, 30% faster. Wow. Mm-hmm. So I've noticed that working out and stuff like that. And I've also noticed that, uh, you know, when I work out, when I, when I uh, do resistance bands or, or do the kettlebell, I usually go a little too far and I, I mess up my muscles mm-hmm. and for days and days and days afterwards. And when I'm taking uh, two pills of spirulina in the morning and two at night, uh, I've noticed that my recovery time has cut down by at least two days hmm. because I have essential amino acids in there to help repair my body. Mm-hmm. It's something else. My, my wife swears by it. She's like, oh, my God, we're almost out of spirulina. Got to get some more. <laughs> <laughs> I wonder if I, if I get that in my – the protein powder I have, I'll have to check. I mean, there's a lot of – yeah, the one I put in my smoothie, I'll have to check. It smells like dead fish in armpits. but it's uh-huh. very well- <laughs> <laughs> There's the allure right there. <laughs> right. <laughs> I try to take it in between, in between meals and stuff like that. So, Well, Sean, um, I've got to know more about you, and hopefully other people have too. Um, if there's anything you'd like to share with us before I let you go, um, I was just going to say many thanks to you, and uh, hopefully you can get you to come back sometime. Oh, yeah, my pleasure. I, I, you know, I posted about this. I don't know if you saw it. I, I tagged you. Um, about a half hour ago saying, I'm, I believe I'm the first guest. So I was very honored by, by that. Well, I appreciate you being honored. I, you know, I was, it was funny. I was like, man, I was telling my wife, I said, Sarah, you know, I really want to make a podcast. I think I could be, I'd be really good at it. And, uh, you know, you don't know if, unless you try, you know, but then I went to myself, I said, but I'm just a nobody. I mean, who's going to sit with me? <laughs> uh-huh. went, There's the name of the podcast, the nobodies. That's know? good. I like <laughs> it. It's catchy. There's so I, many like health and fitness podcasts. They kind of get mixed together, but um, right. you know, it's, it's a busy market. I, I do about two or three a week right now. Podcasts. I enjoy them immensely. It's so great to talk and have it, as we said, a discourse rather than texting and emailing, which, you know, our society can easily fall into that. It's nice to, to chat right. and talk about these ideas and the history and what motivates us. And, and that usually leads on to other things too. You never know where the conversations are going to go. Very true. And you know, like this app, it's, it's, uh, it enables me to do this and I really appreciate them. I do believe they're wrong on two things. Uh, one, they say that uh, people don't like long winded and long form conversations. So keep it to about three to five minutes. Uh-huh. I, don't, I don't believe in that. I think that in order to really learn something and really take part in something, you need at least 15 to 30 minutes. You yeah. Know, just started. Um, and they also say that video representation of your podcast is a lot more powerful. I understand that we process things, you know, 600,000 times faster visually than audio audibly, but I do believe that you can do this, the audio podcast, but, you know, driving in your car, you know, doing chores, uh, where a lot more, you don't have to sit down and watch. <laughs> yeah. You know? Yeah. I would, I would think audio is more accessible. I, I, I listen to them, uh, podcasts and stuff when I walk all the time and in the car. 
Um, I really don't want to watch two people have a conversation for an hour. I'd rather listen. Right. Yeah, that's the same with me. Uh, Yeah, yeah, that's true. But, you know, when I was looking at this app, I noticed that, yeah, I looked around briefly, but most of the recordings were like two to three minutes. I'm like, man, that's so fast. I mean, I do intros to videos, to workouts, and I'm like, okay, I want to keep it short. And all of a sudden, like, oh, man, that was three minutes. It just blows right by because you want to get these ideas out. You want to give people a frame of reference. You want to give them things to think about also. Right. I don't want to rush it. How TV does it, you know, they have uh, a commercial every, what, four or five, seven minutes, you know what I mean, depending on what it is. And it's kind of breaking the third wall and kind of ruining that. It's like, you know, when the commercial comes on, you want to get up and get distracted, go get something to drink, change the channel. You know, and I think stuff like this, you know, or, you know, like the two or three minute podcast that does nothing but kind of uh, once you start getting interested, it cuts off. Yeah, it's and hard. It's-, it's hard to really go in depth because um, I come from a theater background. It's like trying to do, OK, we're going to do this play in three minutes. I mean, you can't get anything out. You can't introduce anybody. You can't introduce any themes or storylines. Right. So uh, <laughs> I, it's 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 true. I. You know, I listen to a lot of podcasts on uh, brain function and, you know, in the society today with cell phones and, and distractions that what is it if you're somebody said if you're focused on something, say you're say I'm writing a book and I get uh, I have to uh, take a phone call or if I go go uh, text somebody, it takes about 12 to 13 minutes to get your mind back to where it was after that. You know, it's all these mini little uh, distractions throughout the day. I mean, I I imagine some people look at their phones or stuff hundreds of times, maybe thousands. So it's all these mini earthquakes in your brain that keep shaking your focus. And after a while, you know, you you can't you can't focus on anything. You can't do a dialogue like this. Right. I heard that uh, somebody's uh, I don't I don't know what the background was, but I'm sure it was a doctor. I was listening. I was watching a documentary and they said that uh, it is it was on. It was a documentary on defensive driving. Mm-hmm. And they said that our brain is not actually multifunctional at all. If we are doing one thing and then we start doing another while do, like, say, looking at the phone while driving, we're giving about 30 percent to one and about 30 percent to another. Yeah, actually, even really in the moment. So, and I mean, I drive around all day, you know, and hundreds mm-hmm. of miles and I see uh, cops on the phone, texting, looking at talking on the phone. Uh, I see people doing it all the time, almost running people over. Um, hmm. I see accidents happen all the time. This lady was talking, texting on her phone and she hit this guy and goes flying past me head over heel in her van. Wow. Down the, yeah, it was insane. This guy, um, we moved into this house, and this guy, we were there about 15 minutes moving our stuff, and I had to go pull this guy out of his car because he was on the phone, and he pulled out in an oncoming trap and got T-boned and ended up upside down. Ooh. Yeah, so it's a nightmare out there, man. It's an epidemic. Uh, You think it's just people sitting and standing, but I I was driving back today from teaching, and I went, like, through the downtown of the town here, and there there was a, a red light. I think three of the four people there were on their phones at the red light. I'm like, wow. You know, I wonder if like, do they do that while they drive or they just can't wait till they stop so they can check their phone? I mean, just put on a good song and sing along to it for a while. You don't have to look at your phone. Yeah, <laughs> well, I, I drive around to places I don't know all the time because I'm a process server and I'm totally GPS dependent because of that. Mm. <laughs> so, it's good to have, isn't it? 
It is. It's great. And I'm kind of glad that I am stuck on it and I needed to navigate because I'm not tempted to talk or to do anything on the phone while I have it mounted on my windshield. You know? <laughs> That's true. Yeah. It's, it's, uh, it's serving another purpose, but you're right about the, the myth of multitasking. You can't do two things at once. One, they will both suffer. Right. Definitely. And it's really scary if one of them is driving, you know, behind the wheel of this huge automobile that could crush and kill and maim. Right. You got, you know, over a ton of, uh, of force, you know, going at mm. 60 miles an hour, you know. Yeah, <laughs> it's. Uh, you know, I, one last thing, you know, I grew up in Southern California. Did you? I was born in Southern California. <laughs> really? Where? Uh, Bakersfield, the Kern County Medical Center, actually. Oh, Bakersfield. That's a nice area. Uh, it wasn't for a while. It, it's gotten a little better. Uh-huh. Drugs kind of riddled that place for a while. Has it, I, I mean, I haven't. I grew up, I, I was, I grew up in Manhattan beach, um, spent like five years there. Then we moved back to the Midwest cause my parents were from, my dad's from, was from Milwaukee. My mom was from Iowa, but, um, used to go out to California all the time cause we had, uh, some properties out there that we would work on. So I'd spend summers out there quite a bit. That was fun. Huh? Right where, by where? the beach. Oh, nice. Well, it was like Huntington beach, Manhattan beach, Hermosa, Redondo, Torrance, that whole area in there. Oh, the nice areas. The uh, the tourist. Orange County. Well, actually, L.A. County is uh, Manhattan Beach, but a lot of Orange County. Oh, that's excellent. You ever been up to Sacramento? No, I don't believe so. No, not as a kid. I think we'd go furthest north I would go was like Big Bear, I think, for oh. s- snow. <laughs> You're not missing anything. <laughs> no, I don't. I know California is very crowded. We were out there a few years ago. I'm like, oh, it's great to be back, but I'm like, oh, it's so crowded. I mean, it's the Southern California, but you know, everywhere there's traffic jams. You you think you're going to go somewhere? It's going to take an extra two hours, probably. Yeah, I'm just, I, especially in the downtown area. It's not so much. It's not so bad lately, but they put that Golden One Center in down there, and oh my goodness, what's that? Um, it's uh, it's a new um stadium, and they do concerts there. In fact, I saw Tool there for the first time. Okay. Mm-hmm. They do basketball games, you know, stuff like that. Uh, oh, the Kings. But, that's right. Sacramento Kings. Yeah. They do uh, a bunch of events there. It's just so crowded. And then you got the, you know, you got the Uber drivers, the taxis, the Lyft drivers. The, Ooh. You know. So, yeah, it gets, it gets terrible down there. I hate serving papers downtown. I can't stand it. <laughs> yeah, I was just uh, messaging with a friend of mine. She's a fitness person, trainer in Chicago. And she's, we've kind of switched our philosophies. I used to live in a lot of cities. I'm like, no, no, I like living out now. And she's like, oh no, I used to live in the suburbs in the country. Now I love living in the cities. So it's like, it's a switch, but I, yeah, I, I like visiting, you know, we're about 40 minutes from Denver. It's nice to go down there and see games or shows, but I love living up here where it's quiet. Yeah. I'd rather be where you are. I, I don't believe that humans were made to live so cramped up and like apartment complexes. I think they are just on human society i really do <laughs> you have to sacrifice a lot of yourself really because uh, once you get out in open spaces like your mind just opens up you know you're you get it's a different feeling definitely like i'm looking at mount evans right now that's one of our fourteen thousand footers in colorado there's like 30 of them or 20 or 30 of them but it's a, you know the peak is fourteen thousand feet we can see it from our deck and it's still covered in snow right now. I'm, I, it's such a neat view from the deck. I, it's, you know, you come out here. I do work out here. It's so inspiring. Wow, that's insane. I wish. I wish. <laughs> I'm well, stuck running in place in my living room. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I mean, I mean, California. Well, are you near the Sierra Nevadas? 
Oh yeah, because that's beautiful. But I imagine that's crowded too. It, I don't. Well, we go to Tahoe a lot. Um, it's it's a tourist area, you know. It's it's kind of, it's real depressing, kind of like the bad part of Vegas, you know. Reno's real mm. depressing. I don't know what it is. I go in there and I just see like broken dreams and heartache, you know. Hmm. It's like a like a song. Uh huh. Yeah, like a real sad song. Uh, Boulevard but, of Broken Dreams. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I do like going up there, messing around in the in the snow and, and having fun up there. Um, I want to go hiking in in the, in the snow. I want to try that. I want to. That's interesting. I, I, I've done that. I mean, we do that sometimes, but around here it'll snow and then the sun will come out the next day and melt everything. But then the trails are just mud. They're just mud and ice. It's like the worst combination. <laughs> That's terrible. I know. And sometimes you try to film in it. It's like, oh, and then Addy will start kicking, like digging and, you know, throwing dirt and mud all over me. So I, I hopefully, <laughs> what? <laughs> yeah. I'm sorry, what, Brennan? I said, did, did, does your dog kick uh, dirt and mud all over you during the video? Or? She did. One I filmed a couple weeks ago. It was one of the splits. I did that five-day splits challenge. Oh, yeah. uh, and she did it twice. It was, I loved it. I thought it was cute because she just started digging. <laughs> we were right next to a reservoir, and she was oh. shooting dirt all over the map. But I, I, love, I love the spontaneity of filming outside. I wouldn't change anything. I don't, you know, if something weird happens, I leave it in. I mean, that's life. I don't want some sterile you know, overly structured studio, you know, with air conditioning. I want to be outside. Yeah, no, I mean, I love it. And one of the reasons why I started watching your videos because I was scrolling through different uh, different yogas, yoga instructors and stuff like that. And uh, I just saw you were, most people were in a studio, a little small room with a plant in the corner and stuff. There's always a plant. <laughs> I have trees. Some <laughs> pillows on the floor. Like, what are you doing? Uh-huh. Uh, <laughs> so I saw you around the wilderness and I was like, no, this is what I want to do. Cause it was early in the morning. And I mean, it was just, it made me feel right. You know what I mean? Good. So, uh, I, yeah, it's you want to share those backdrops with people and it does, it's very therapeutic to see that. And you never know what will happen. I mean, sometimes deer have walked by elk. Um, there's bear around, but not while I was filming. Um, and when I filmed in Florida, we would have like armadillos and alligators. That was, you know, you had to watch out for, um, but you know, as I said earlier, like being a kid, you just want to play. It's the same thing. I want to get a little, I want to be dirty. I like to leave filming and being a little dirty and, you know, messed up and sweaty and stinky. That's how I want it to be. Right. I, I think that if you're not out there trying to, uh, explore the, you know, explore and hike and then be fit and active, you're just kind of, um, wasting what, what, what God given you know, life you have, you know yeah, what I mean? Yeah, exactly. Oh, no, I I feel, you know, most alive when I'm out doing those things, not when I'm sitting on my computer. I mean, that's essential, but I'm very fortunate that I I set, I set this kind of standard with myself now, and I, I, I enjoy it. I, I really love procuring new spots, finding new spots, and and uh, I, I get such a charge out of that. It's like playing. It's like getting on my bike and biking around town when I was a kid or when I used to skateboard. You find all these little hidden spots that nobody would ever pay any attention to. But you can create something really exciting and momentous right there. One thing you, were, you just said, uh, standards. Um, I think that's one thing that – and I didn't even really define it until you said that. I was thinking about it, and that's kind of what I put on myself. I said, you know what? I'm, I'm gaining weight. I'm not happy with myself. I can't go up a flight of stairs without getting winded. Something mm-hmm. has to – you know. 
just set a standard for myself. And there's been days where I didn't work out and I'm like, you know what? No, I'm not doing that. You know, cause there's never been a day where I worked out and went, Oh man, I can't believe I did that. I wish I didn't do, that. you know? So, uh, you know, I just, I was like, you know, what? I, I set a standard for myself and I felt really bad and less than if I didn't meet it. So I guess that's, yeah. That's started me off. You have to go far enough that if you all of a sudden remove it, you feel miserable and you don't feel like yourself and you feel that aching loss. That's what you have to do with fitness is you have to build it up. Like you said, build up that standard enough that if all of a sudden it was removed, you could, you can barely handle it <laughs> like anything, a healthy addiction. That's what I kind of view it as a healthy addiction. Yeah. My wife, she's, a, she's, I guess she went away with the baby right now, but she was a, a marathon runner and uh, she was uh, a big girl, you know, and she started marathon running and lost a bunch of weight. And then she went, I think 17 something miles. Wow. You know, from running at all ever, you know, she slowly built up to it. And uh, now she does these like uh, aerobics and stuff like that in the, in the living room and like 45 minutes to an hour long. I'm like, how are you doing? That? <laughs> <laughs> so she's all dripping sweat and everything. She's a champion. So your body, uh, your body's just waiting for it. You know, it wants, it's like what you eat. It's uh, say you eat a banana, your body's like, thank you. You know, say you go for a long walk or do Pilates or do weights, your body's like, thank you. You know, I promise to do my best to serve you as well. I'll be as healthy as I can. Just keep feeding me these activities and these types of foods. Absolutely. And that's what I really, because I mean, I was, I was a microwave food kind of guy, you know, for a long time. Yeah. And, and me being homeless at a young age kind of contributed to that, but I've mm -hmm. gotten stable and I've gotten, you know, the money to actually cook stuff now. <laughs> well, so that's I, good. Uh-huh. You know, I, <laughs> I kind of uh came out of that uh that really bad eating habit and it's uh now I I go to eat one of those frozen burritos and I get a bite into it I'm like, dude, I'm going to throw up. You know, it's just, it tastes it tastes so terrible. You yeah, you, your body right away you'll reject it. I uh I, I say it to things like maybe a commercial will come on. I don't watch commercials, but my wife Jillian likes the voice. So sometimes we have to, you know, I watch it with her. Sometimes it'll be commercials. And I'm like, man, if I ate that, I would throw it up right away at, at this point. You know, some frozen food that's just full of all these preservatives and saturated fat. My body would reject it immediately. And that's what I would want it to do. Right. I was going to say, in a way, you're very happy that, that it's that way. Yeah. And, and your, your body doesn't crave that crap, you know. I, I think a Kit Kat is my worst enemy. But Oh, those are all right. But, yeah, I really, I don't... It's tough to explain to people. I don't crave these things, really. I don't crave. I used to eat a lot of ice cream and, and you know, candy bars. I don't crave it. So if I don't crave it, I'm certainly not going to put it in my body. And if I do crave it, I take a bite or two. I'm like, oh, I'm good. And it annoys the hell out of everybody around me. But I'm like, no, that's it. That's all I want. <laughs> I don't need the whole bowl of ice cream. I have one bite. I'm like, oh, that's tasty. I could see why, why my wife would want some of that. But eh, I'm okay. I'll just, I'll have a, uh, I'll have an apple. I don't know. I, it's, it's probably really annoying, but it, it does well for me. <laughs> Do you attribute that to just discipline? Have you taught yourself that? Or is that just the way you just, just, awesome? well, it becomes the habit. Um, and uh, yeah, I, you know, you eat the healthy food. And as I said, my wife's such a great cook and she makes these really healthy dishes and they're so tasty. Like she makes, I have an addiction to her salads that she makes and I eat, I eat it right out of the bowl. Like she'll make the salad in the big bowl and she'll take some for her. And leave it. I'm like, I'd love eating out of the bowl. My dad used to always do that also. But, and she'll be like, oh, I, I might, might have made too much salad. I said, you've never made enough salad. I would always eat more. You know, it's broccoli and cauliflower and onions and radishes and spinach. And I'm like, this is fuel. I mean, this is what gets me excited to go film the next day is eating this salad. 
that's one thing I got to do. I don't even eat enough salads at all. I just, I, I never got into it. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. I'm trying to get myself into it. And it's hard. I won't, I won't lie. It's hard. But uh, do you, you don't, you don't use any dressing or anything like that? Oh, we have dressing. That's like one of our vices oh, is okay. a little of the Olive Garden dressing, which is so good. But it's not overdressed. And, you know, it's just a little bit. I, I've been eating salads for a long time. Even when I was single or a bachelor, they were easy to make. You, know, you can get them in a bag and then add a bunch of stuff. They're, they weren't that difficult. And if I make my own salad, it's like twice as big as what my wife makes. And I have to eat it and then wait like an hour before I have the entree because it's so intense. <laughs> wow. I heard uh, a lot of leafy greens also uh, expands your stomach so you can eat more. So. I don't know. I guess that's what competition food eaters do. They eat a head of lettuce before competition. Oh, really? Yeah, no kidding. I don't know why. I guess, it ex- I guess the gases it turns into kind of expands the stomach. Oh, well, of course. And, well, a lot of fiber, too, just goes right through. And, and you don't have that feeling of feeling uh, bloated. You know that if you eat really heavy, like a lot of meat and uh, fried foods, you feel, oh, you know, that, that feeling. Because, um, like, animal products have no fiber. Um, these other plant plant based foods have fiber, so it starts moving right away. It, you never feel like stuffed, so you're able to eat, and then a short time later, go out and do something like exercise. Wow, I never knew that. I didn't. Well, I mean, I, it never dawned on me that that animal products didn't have fiber. I guess not. Just, I never you know, thought about it either. You know, I mean, I, I, as I said, I grew up eating meat, and we ate chicken all the time, and I, I never really thought about it. It was all right, but. Uh, yeah, I, it's a different way of feeling after you eat. That's interesting. Yeah, I didn't even think about that. Mm-hmm. There's something I was going to tell you, and I totally forgot because you blew my mind with the fiber thing. I do. <laughs> yes. I was like, oh, that makes total sense. Oh, that's what I was going to tell you. That's one thing that um, I noticed immediately after I cut out you know, heavy carbs and, and sugar was that after I ate, I didn't look down and see a big ball. You know, I wasn't real bloated. Yeah. And then I ate a piece of pizza the other night, and I swear to you, I finished a piece of pizza. Ten minutes later, I looked down. I was like, oh, I feel like crap. You know? <laughs> it's just a big old ball. It just bloated me. It's all up. cheese. Uh-huh. Yeah. Well, I, I still do partake in cheese because the keto diet is a lot for cheese. Mm-hmm. Uh, string cheese, though, and like cheese on a sandwich or whatever. But I don't. Just no bread and no sugar, and it's done me a lot of, a lot of good. Very good. Very good. High fat. High fat um, diet. It's real weird. Uh-huh. Yeah, see, you know, I'm not – a lot of people ask me all these questions about these different diets, and I honestly say I don't know. I don't follow them. I know some about some of these diets, but, you know, as I said, my diet's always pretty much consistently the same. And I haven't personal trained in a while. I'm starting to get back into that because when I personal trained, I would help people out on their diets a lot. But I'm the type that, you know, I'm like, well, here, start adding these kinds of foods and then eliminate a little bit of this. That's how I work these things. I don't just say go cold turkey or just start doing this. I said, well, you know, have uh, have maybe start adding a salad in there or a smoothie or eat a couple apples a day, you know, have a sweet potato with dinner. Start doing stuff like that because it will start pushing out your urges right. for a lot of the unhealthy food. What what I've noticed from my little um, little bit of research is that if you – and my wife's also, if you do a, um, a diabetic diet, like a mildly diabetic diet where it allows some sugars and some carbohydrates, but not too much. And you, mm-hmm. you watch it, uh, that, that's generally basic for everybody. But my general opinion on diets in a whole is it's kind of poo-poo, you know, cause it's just really what works for you. Cause everybody's body is different yeah. in many ways. 
So, um, like a lot of people, I mean, I know people that go pescatarian, their just body just doesn't agree with it. Mm-hmm. You know, people that go vegetarian, that they just their bodies, their organs start shutting down. Hmm. So, uh, you know, I've heard that anyway. I, I, yeah, I mean, everybody's different, but also it's what they, who knows what they're doing. You know, uh, well, I'm not going to eat meat anymore. I'm just going to have Doritos all the time. You know, I don't, I don't know, I don't know what people do, but. Um, right. there, there is a basis, a base of foods that, you know, beans and nuts and I have a little fish and, uh, a lot of greens. I have a lot of greens, uh, which actually have protein in them as well. But, right. but as you said earlier, you know, as somebody told me that, or I heard it, I never thought about it either that, uh, you know, uh, animal, animal products don't have fiber. So that would make a lot of sense as to why you feel that, oh, after you eat. Yeah, explains why John Wayne died with many pounds of red meat in his colon. Yeah, I wonder if that's true. I, I funny. I, I have a. I was reading last night a John Wayne biography. I've been watching a lot of his movies, but that, I've heard that said so many times. I don't know if they even address it in the, in the biography. I'll have to look it in the look it up at the end. Probably, yeah, probably be a test. Thing colon impact. It. You know, see if it's at the end. <laughs> yeah upon autopsy we found a bunch of stuff in his poop track well it was amazing <laughs> he lived to be 72 i mean that's not bad considering he had a lung removed uh in 1965 he had lung cancer and he smoked five or six packs a day i mean he was a the definition of a chain smoker oh my goodness but he lived 72 you know i uh they thought in 65 because back then lung cancer was a death sentence and he actually lived uh another 14 years after that but I'm I'm an amateur film historian too, so I'm always studying film. So that could be for another podcast. If you want to ask me questions about film? Well, heck yeah! Hey, I hope to have you back. Um, I'm gonna have to end it right now because we only have an hour. But and we were almost there. I say goodbye to you. Well, I tried to 30 minutes ago, and I'm so glad you stayed with me and <laughs> talked. I didn't expect it, but I'm so glad because uh, I, I really feel confident in this podcast. And I'm gonna go ahead and share it everywhere I can. It's gonna be published in uh, all the major platforms. Uh, awesome. Pocket Cat here on audible uh apple itunes stuff like that so um please go ahead and share and i'll share your stuff and i'll continue watching your videos uh he's <laughs> waiting for me to go pick them up right now all so. right well thanks brennan and yeah let me know and i'll be sure to share it on with my my people as well all right hey thank you sean so much and thank you for letting me get uh, get to know you a little better yeah my pleasure thanks for having me as the first guest remember that when you're big and famous i was your first guest you will get royalties, I promise. That's right. <laughs> yes. <laughs> well, take care, man. I wish you the only the best. All right, you too, Brendan. We'll be in touch. All right, bye-bye. All right, bye. So after reviewing the podcast, I noticed that my audio was trash. So I'm working on getting a microphone. It should be here in about a week, and uh, things will be a lot better. I apologize for the quality, but I'm very glad that Sean Big's quality was um, superior. So... Uh, He's really who we should be listening to anyway. It was about him. So thank you guys so much for listening. I really appreciate it. And I will have more episodes up very quick. All right, bye.